Hello, hello. Welcome to Mountain Outpost Pod number 10. We're in double digits. Welcome. I am one of your co-hosts, Jam Jam, Jamil Curry. Uh, I'm the other co-host, Skizzle Fresh, Skylar Hall. <laughs> How are you doing? So, we really need to come up with a standard intro because it, it, you know, yeah. we're if you're out relaxed. there. If you're out there, you want to come up with a standard intro for us, maybe a jingle, maybe a tune, hit us up. That'd be That's great. Up. Let's That's crowdsource it. Um, yeah, we're out here. Uh, I'm uh, in a new location this time. We seem to always keep it fresh. Uh, if you are in the chat room, please, uh, if you're live with us, give us a little shout out. Uh, let us know how you're doing tonight. And if you have any questions for us tonight on any of the topics or unrelated topics, we'd be happy to get into it and answer. Uh, I am seeing about 10 people viewing right now. So it looks like we are live and good to go. Let's just jump on in. Sweet. Uh, how you doing this week, sir? I'm good, man. Super, super busy. Uh, you know, it's, as you can imagine, watching the news, busy time being a, a public health professional right now. So uh, a lot going on on the work front. But, you know, glad glad to be spending some time with you and taking 90 minutes to just chat about literally anything other than vaccine distribution. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to get right into that, you know, immediately. So, um, no, I mean, the good thing is we are seeing case decline overall. So, um, I mean, that's a trend that it's not only just good for general public health, but obviously for those of us who are uh, in the event business or love to participate in any sort of events, whether that be, you know, running or otherwise. Um, I know there's concerts, other things like that. So. Mm -hmm. festivals and whatnot so hopefully those trends continue and uh things keep going that's that's the plan man yeah just yeah, same same message we've been telling all along wash your hands wear a mask stay socially distant from those you don't live with and when you get a chance to get the vaccine do so they're all super great once they're approved like all safe and effective so make it happen yeah awesome. how are you but how are you doing man what's up what's up in your world good stuff uh yeah doing well um just had a pretty intense training block. I actually took a day off yesterday, just kind of uh, ran out of time, honestly. And and funny enough, my I've been a uh, lot, lot. I'm like my brain is spinning now. A lot going on. Uh, yeah. So um, I've been. I have my kid full time right now due to uh, co some COVID exposure. Um, and so that's been an interesting challenge for sure. Um, but it's been good. Had a lot of time with him. Um, but hence all my runs have been on my treadmill in the past week. And I've been, I put a lot of hours on there late at night. So I'm running. If you see me on Strava, sometimes I get, uh, 20 minutes in and then sometimes like do an hour at a time, take a little break, you know, try and motivate myself to get back on there. Uh, but yeah, I think I ended up with like 26,000 feet of climb last week. And I think, probably 20 of that or, or more was on the treadmill. And I think, yeah, 75 miles, 70, 70 miles, 75 miles. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's in the past. We're moving on to the new week, but, uh, <laughs> I got, uh, I did take the day off yesterday. My brother actually hopped on the treadmill at like 11 PM last night. And I was like, how long you going? <laughs> and he's like an hour. I was like, I'm just going to bed. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah. And I was like, you know, my, uh, have you, you, you haven't really used training peaks before, right? You use a mm -hmm. different tracker. Mostly Strava or just an okay. Excel spreadsheet. But, uh, I did see that you posted, uh, I think it was on Instagram. Might've just been your story. Uh, your 
longitudinal training and form and fatigue. So how, how's, how are yeah. things progressing? No, exactly. And that's, it's interesting. And I was actually chatting with Taggart Van Etten a little bit, cause he's been using training peaks since 2017. I first used it in 2015 maybe. And then I haven't used it for a while, but I do love that chart because it gives you a visual representation of your training load over a period of time. You can see your fitness level. You can see also your fatigue level. And then they give you something called form, which is a subtraction of a couple of those numbers within a certain time period. So it kind of gives you a gauge of, okay, how tired am I? How fit am I? You know, am I more, more prone to injury right now? And then how hard of a taper do I need to instill before I tow the line to a, an a race? So, but my fatigue level, I think Taggart was telling me he, he doesn't like his to ever get below like a 25 or 30, like even in all of his training, just to make sure he's fit enough and doing, you know, not pushing himself or exerting too much to the point of injury. Uh, and so, yeah, never less than like negative 25, negative 30. And I was like 130, 140 form factor. So he's like, what the heck are you doing, man? Because <laughs> I'm basically going from, you know, zero to 100 again, more or less. Mm -hmm. Just crazy ramp up. And um, I am registered for Elephant Mountain 50 Mile on Saturday. Uh, so I figured, you know, take Monday off um, and then just, you know, hop back on on Tuesday. So I haven't run yet today, um, but I'm going to uh, tonight after this. I'm at least going to get an hour in maybe hopefully two hours in tonight. Um, and then kind of move on with the rest of the week, uh, get in some more treadmill runs and hopefully I can tow the line on Saturday. That's the plan. That's the dream. That's the hope. And, uh, and then we'll be right into black Canyon week. And that's, I think that's probably gonna be the bulk of this podcast tonight that definitely I want to touch on. Um, and we've already got questions in the chat here. We got any predictions for black Canyon, um, taper mode for black Canyon here from Carrie Allen excited for a live race. Um, but we do have some updates that are really important. Um, we haven't really been talking about black Canyon the couple weeks or the past couple weeks, and we'll get all into that later tonight. Yeah, no, definitely. We just getting the, the cursory tale from you. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting story. Um, and so for folks who have not checked in before, uh, to, to what this is all about, this is not your standard outhouse news program. This is not your standard. Let's interview a bunch of guests program. Uh, this is basically just me and Jamil catching up and then you guys getting to ask us questions uh, along the ride. So if you are in the live chat, do make sure that you drop in some questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, needs, or emotions. And we'll address those along the way, uh, especially with the dedicated Q&A at the end. Uh, I will go over some things that have occurred in the running world. But as Jamil said, uh, we'll spend a lot of time talking about Black Canyon. And then- yeah. And then I mean, get into some more stuff. I mean, right now, I think, yeah, all eyes should be on Black Canyon. Um, I'm a little biased, but I think, you know, it's the next golden ticket in the in the spring series. Um, we actually did get full approval for the race. I am on the original course. And it's right now shocking to me that I just said that because um, there's been a lot of drama that's unfolded the last couple of weeks. And this is, yeah, it's kind of a behind the scenes show here. Um you know, it's not on our kind of main era Viper channels, so I feel like we can say whatever we want here. Uh, uncut, raw edition. Hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll start some controversy. Yeah, it won't be the first time, and it probably will not be the last. So we'll definitely get into it. So Angela Anderson, is Black Canyon happening? Is the question in the chat room? Yes, it's happening February thirteenth and fourteenth. We actually announced that it was happening 
several weeks ago. It might have been a month ago now. Um, That's right. We got approval from the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, Management, which covers like 99% of the course. There's a small section on state trust land. There's a few private property parcels, uh, namely, well, there's Mayor High School to start. There's Bumblebee Ranch, which is private venue, ranch, everything, um, camping and such. And then there's uh, Rock Springs, which is like the big parking lot next to the the pie shop there in Black Canyon City. So um, other than that, it's pretty much all BLM. So we had checked all those boxes. We, of course, submit our permits through Yavapai County. Um, and then we're that's never been an issue in the past. And, and we ended up having an issue with our, our Yavapai, Yavapai County permit. And it was all based upon the COVID uh, cases that have been uh, spiking here in Arizona in in Yavapai County specifically. And they're, they're basically like they're, we had all green lights, all approvals, everything. And uh, when it got to the kind of the final person to sign off, they said, um, we can't, we can't sign off. We can't do it. Um, you know, we can't have this event happen right now. Um, this was a couple weeks ago. So behind the scenes, um, it, was one of those just another shocking moment for us of like what are we gonna do uh we just we had just told everyone a couple weeks ago that it's on everyone's booking their travel their flights all the whole nine yards and and here we are faced with another giant roadblock um and so you know, we sprung into action. Um, I think that's one of the things we're strong, strongest at, uh, at Aravipa at our company is we, we want to find a way we want to work with people, uh, to make some, to make it happen. So uh, we pulled out all the stops. We, we not only got immediately on a new operating plan that was much more restrictive. Um, and, and that's what has been sent out today, uh, and, and sent to all runners. Um, we just got the word yesterday. So, uh, we try to get that information out as soon as possible. Um, you know, I, I apologize for the restrictions, but it's really literally the only way we were able to get this event approved. And we would take this and and even more restrictions probably in order to hold the event on the Black Canyon Trail. Um, so we give that experience to the runners that are signed up. So that's our and and that we protect the communities that we're uh, that we're in. So that's our our number one goal. Um, but we actually created in addition to that operating plan that went out, which um, I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if that is going to be made public, but um, beautiful, beautifully well done by our race director, Jubilee page, have to commend her. She turned it around in 24 hours. It was unbelievable. Uh, And then we actually scouted at a second complete venue that was not in Yavapai County whatsoever. It was in Maricopa County, uh, one of our regional parks. So huge shout out to, Maricopa County Parks and Recreation, they are one of our biggest partners throughout the year. We hold countless number of events with them throughout the year. We've been doing so for 12 years, and, mm-hmm. and they've hosted events for decades. So, you know, support them by annual passes. We love them at over there at Maricopa County Parks. Um, and we actually, we're just about to get approved, final approval on our alt course. So, if, if everyone booked their travel, they would still have a 100K rolling desert race that was a Western States qualifier that was still going to be a golden ticket race. 
would not have been quite the same as the Black Canyon Trail, um, but we did have that kind of in our back pocket as a backup. We went through and created like basically a brand new race from scratch in a week or so, and then had to get that permitted. We also had to work with another local race organizer. I'm just going to shout Omar out from Race Timers. Um, they have an event that was going to be held in the same park on the same day and is super accommodating. So really just grateful for everyone that was part of this process. You know, even Yavapai County, I want to thank them for, uh, you know, making, keeping their county safe and doing what they felt like they needed to do and, and give us some of these new guidelines and requirements. So um, just right now, feeling grateful that we were able to get, get the yes. Um, and we're just excited to welcome all the runners. It's going to be a different year. Black Canyon's kind of like that though. It's, uh, it's always an interesting ride, whether it's an alt course with the snow or the, the flooded rivers. Um, right now the streams are looking good there. We did get a pretty big rainstorm about a week ago about two and a half inches on the course, which I think will kind of make the course perfect. I think we're probably going to start to see some green popping up out of the desert. It's been dry and dead and the streams probably might have a little bit of flow, but they really haven't risen. So as long as we, we don't see another, another storm and knock on all the wood right there, uh, we should be ready for an awesome day of trail running. Um, so yeah, I guess in general, just if you are running the race, um, you know, please do read through the guidelines. We are taking it very seriously. It's the only way that we're able to get this permit. Um, we apologize in advance for, uh, the inconvenience of no crews. And, um, we're even, if you, if you don't want to run this year because of the restrictions, you can just roll over or credit your entry. So, you know, no questions asked pretty much. Um, other than that, you know, this is the time where we are going to double down on our live stream. So, Again, we made the call out a couple times, but now we're like serious, serious for real. If, if you do want to, this is kind of a chance to get out there um, and maybe go where crew can't. If you want to join the live stream, um, if you have your own phone and your own gimbal, that would be ideal. You're basically going to tune in via a web browser and we're going to like take your camera feed. And we're going to plug it right into our live show. So uh, if you have any of those two things, you don't have to be a fast runner. You can hang out at one of the aid stations or another place on course that has some service. Um, please go to our volunteer section of the Black Canyon Ultras page um, and sign up. There's a whole new tab at the very end. We're trying to look for a big team of people. We want to spread people out over the whole course. Um, I feel like I'm just giving a monologue right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's I but, think uh, that, that, that says a lot about not just the inner workings of this specific race, but sort of what RDs across the board normally have to deal with and then add considerations of the pandemic and keeping runners and communities safe on top of it. So uh, yeah, no, I think, I think you, you touched on a lot of things. Uh, I did want to ask, you know, thinking about potentially having to completely switch the venue, go to a completely different park system uh, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Black Canyon over the course of 100K normally has, what, eight, nine, ten aid stations. And so the to think through how you're going to space all those out, how does that change 
uh, you know, runners plans while they're on course, you know, if an aid station, is it going to have the same spacing between them? Uh, you know, the number of volunteers you need, the number of staff, you need to get everything out there and prepare the course markings week of what sort of thought process and, and, what sort of mechanisms were you guys going through? Because essentially you were planning for two different races at the same time, not knowing which one was going to get executed. Can you give us a little insight as to what that component on the, the operation side looks like? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of considerations, especially when you're talking about a world-class event like black Canyon, you can't just, you know, throw it on a little looped course and call it good. Uh, it wouldn't be the same experience. And um, but I would say we've been in this boat before. We've had to re completely redo the Black Canyon 100K multiple times race week, if not the race morning. So I feel like we prepared ourselves well for this, although it is extremely stressful and um, overwhelming at times for sure. But, you know, for me, the only way to do an alternate Black Canyon that's not on the Black Canyon Trail is to provide um, kind of as epic of an experience as you can. Uh, so we had designed... It was a two loop course, but the first loop was going to be 60K essentially. And it was going to incorporate some brand new trails that have just been built in the last month and a half that have never been used for an event before. So I'm just like teasing things. Um, it, it would have been actually really, I think it would have been really cool. Um, it would have been able to incorporate crews, but um, we just felt like we got to, if we given given the chance to run on the BCT, we got to take it. So that was the deciding factor there, of course. But um, yeah, in terms of everything else, we were, we kind of emotionally invested in the, the switch, uh, which I think is important because uh, if we as organizers aren't excited about what we're doing, it's hard to get everyone else on board and get excited. So we were actually pretty stoked on the new, layout the new loop there were a lot of benefits but once we got the last minute approval from yavapai we it was a little hard emotionally i think for jubilee and myself because we had we'd kind of taken that step and we had left the black canyon trail behind us and been like well it's not going to be this year. So let's get pumped about this new thing. And, and we actually were legitimately excited. And then we had to unwind that and, and be like, all right, now we have to actually wrap our head around executing this restrictive plan that we put in, in the application uh, just to get the approval. And so now, yeah, we had basically committed to start planning for the alternate course. We had kind of set that all in motion and we were, I mean, literally probably an hour away from getting that final approval and, you know, calling up all of our vendors, moving locations, like, and once we set that in motion, there would have been no turning back. So it was kind of, what did it say, like the 11th hour or whatever. It, it was the 23rd hour. I don't know. It was the, it was the last possible moment. And so it's just funny how this stuff works out sometimes and kind of the behind the scenes drama that I think, you know, without maybe this podcast, we would never, these stories would never hear the light of day, or at least they wouldn't this fresh in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we might hear about it post-race randomly as a, as a tale, but it's fresh right now. And not only that, we're in the midst of it. I mean, we're, we're in full on crazy mode um, to pull all of this together. So um, you know, wave starts went out today. 
fielding questions, you know, runners are, have lots of questions about everything that's going on. So it's, uh, it's a nonstop thing, um, but we love it and uh, we're here to help and make the best experience possible. So nice. And I think it's important to, to also shout out it, from somebody who has nothing to do with the race planning. Uh, the fact that the alt course would have still been a Western States qualifier and, and still would have had the black Canyon. I think it's important to shout out, you know, Western States endurance run and the board and everybody involved on that side, because they were also down because uh, they have obviously a vested interest in, in black Canyon being successful. Uh, they were also ready to roll with it. And so, I don't know to what degree you can talk about this, but you know, what was that interaction like with uh, either with the board or, you know, with Thornley uh, directly, like what, how does that work? Like, and, and I guess if you can also scope how it would look in a normal year is to just, Hey, let us know who the top two are that accept tickets or to what degree are you interacting with, uh, with the powers that be at Western States? Yeah. Great question. Um, Obviously, that was one of our most important things that we thought about was, is this still going to be a Western States qualifier? Are we still going to be able to hand out those golden tickets? Um, and so, I mean, for us, it's, it was pretty easy. Um, Haley, who was still with us, you know, when we got the news about all this, she just reached out to Craig directly uh, and got the answer pretty quickly that basically was like, yes, like, and and I think that goes a long way, like, we just have a good relationship with him. So mm-hmm. it was easy to be like, he knows that it's going to be comparable and we're going to provide a good safe venue and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's a bit of a given, but you know, he was, he was on board and they, they supported what we were doing, trying to do here. Uh, and that went a long way. It made that piece of it a lot easier, most definitely. And I do have to also have to shout out Hoka. Um, they are the title sponsor this year. And they also put their support behind the race too, even with the alternate venue. Um, so that's always, you know, nice to have that just the support from everyone for sure. No, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and I will say as somebody who's preparing to, you know, hop on that live stream and commentate, it is nice to have a course that we have previous results on. It's going to make for a lot more interesting and well-developed commentary. I started my planning of it you know, the past couple of days. And if we were on a new course, we would have just been, you know, just throwing out projections that had no, no sense of reality. So, so I'm excited for black Canyon. I'm happy that you all can semi breathe a sigh of relief, but at the same time, I know how absurd you guys get during race week. So, uh, so Godspeed for, (laughs) for the week ahead, uh, or the, I guess really the 12 days ahead at this point, Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And so folks are going to be out there racing. Definitely. Uh, say hey to a camera. We'll see it from the studio. Uh, and thank your volunteers. Thank Jubilee. Uh, you know, it, it's what the trail community does well. Just show love to, to everyone out there because we're excited to have you all uh, in a safe and, and healthy way. Yeah, it'll definitely be a little bit weird. You know, we have our, our packet pickups going to be kind of drive through at our office. Um, you know, everything is toned down, no crews pretty much anywhere. Um, no spectators anywhere. So it's going to be, it's a real raw old school kind of a race. I mean, there'll be with the exception of the live stream, of course, but um, it's going to be runners out there. They're going to be starting 30 people every 15 minutes. And yeah, the biggest thing for us is we just can't really have any gathered crowds in the entire 
Yavapai County, um, pretty much anywhere on course that's greater than 50 people. So that's kind of the, the magic thing to keep in mind when you're out there. And that's what drop bags are for. So <laughs> like <laughs> use Absolutely. them wisely. Yep. Drop bags and, and we'll have definitely good volunteers at the aid stations, but yeah, it's a little bit of a throwback. You got to kind of be a little more self-sufficient, make sure you're taking care of yourself out there and uh, run safe. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time uh, for, for all involved. And I can't promise we're going to keep you entertained for 10 plus hours every single minute, but we're going to do our damnedest to try. So we, we might have to come up with some challenges to knock out in the middle of it just to that would be great yeah to keep 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 folks engaged um i i can't see the chat are there comments or questions yeah we got to? yeah yeah we definitely have a few um a couple people missed what we were talking about we we're just talking about black canyon stuff and how we um had a bit of a drama the last couple of weeks um having to redo our operating plan to get actual final approval for the event uh even to the point that we had created a completely alternate course in a different county <laughs> that didn't even touch the Black Canyon Trail uh, in case that the permit did not come through and it finally did yesterday. So that's why you're getting the update today. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, check your runner email. Please check your ultra sign up stuff. Um, It has been sent out. So please, please read it because there are uh, massive restrictions on crews. There's essentially no crews allowed uh, anywhere on the course with the exception of Table Mesa, uh, but only when your runner's there. So don't arrive early. Don't stay late and party there. Uh, but tune into the live stream, okay? Great. There's plenty of other amazing... Drop your runner off at the start. Go find an awesome place to run that's not the Black Canyon Trail. Um, go to like Cave Creek Regional Park or um, run the Maricopa Trail go out to Lake Pleasant Regional Park. There's a lot of really amazing places to go. You can watch on your phone on YouTube while you are out on your run, be safe, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then then come pick up your tired runner and cart them off to your hotel room uh, or back into their bed if they live locally. So it's going to be great. Is the Elite Wave only eligible for a golden ticket? This is a great question. Um, we've been fielding. We actually, it was great that we did this because we did do um, an like an Elite application. Um, normally, in a race, we don't really have to worry about this because everyone is just all like seven hundred people are just on the start line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, you know, it's thirty to forty runners per wave. Um, we're doing 40 for the elite men. And then 15 minutes later, it'll be 40 for the elite women. And then it's waves of 30 beyond that. So we wanted to pack as much talent and competition as we could in the, the first wave for men and the first wave for women. Uh, we apologize in advance if we, you know, missed someone. Um, you know, we literally had well over a hundred applicants for these spots and, we, you know, it's tough sometimes to weigh everyone's qualifications or your current hunger level for that golden ticket. You know, we had a lot of like really good arguments in there, but um, we did our best, but we are going to go by wave start time. So it is possible that you could, uh, you know, our one of our golden tickets could go to a, a male that started in a wave three and they are a dark horse and we missed you and we apologize in advance but we won't hand out that ticket until, you know, we've calculated and we know for sure that, uh, that that ticket is real. So 
just run your heart out. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to have such fun in the booth being like, like carbon X two style. Like this wave has this amount of time left. If they still want the mm-hmm. gold ticket, this person's on the bubble. This well, is that'll, be a that'll give us some, um, some things to like, yeah, focus on. Cause we'll probably, we'll know by probably table Mesa mile 50. If anyone, even by black Canyon city, potentially if anyone's even close. Mm-hmm. So we'll just make it that more interesting. We should do like a bonus maybe for if someone in wave three gets a golden ticket or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't don't speak to the finances, but they'll definitely get some shout outs (laughs) on this pod the following Tuesday. Uh, Yeah. Let's, let's keep it entertaining. Uh, Let's see. We got some other comments here. Carrie Allen sounds like you have the making for a new hundred K race. Ooh, interesting. I actually, I think that will become a reality. Um, I definitely either we're either going to morph an existing event at that park to this new concept, or we'll just make a new race because it, I think it's gonna be really cool. It, it started to feel like Havelina JJ vibes, like with the camping and the huge venue parking area that we've never staged an event of this, this size at that part mm-hmm. of that park. And I think with the Epic kind of single 60 K loop, I think could be a good one choice um doing the black canyon couple oh dan cash doing the black canyon 60k can't wait Mm -hmm. uh and also on that note in my opinion you should keep the black canyon a two-day event if you can another genius comment right there because i think that is what we are going to do uh is we're going to keep the 100k on saturday the 60k on sunday it's going to be a two-day ridiculously awesome event uh going forward and that way we can uh add in more people to both events you know we and then there's not 60k people running down 100k people and all that kind of stuff uh we got a comment here from rob ricardo shout out um is walmsley a definite go for the race or is he still recovering from carbon x too looks like he was scoping the bct on strava a few days back Uh, I don't know. I think I texted him a few days after carbon X and just didn't get a response. (laughs) Left left on red. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I just, before we jump too far away from that, I think it's good signposting to just let folks know that we'll probably do a pretty thorough and proper hundred K preview next week uh hopefully as someone who's helping run the event you'll have a pretty good sense of if folks have dropped and you know how those waves might be moving and we can give folks some insight as to uh you know big names are going to be there sleepers that folks might not have heard of and just important things to be watching uh as they are tuning into the live stream so that folks can be informed and uh tweet or comment their heart hearts out so yeah next week let's we're gonna get weird on it yeah, exactly. I think next week's show is going to be all about Black Canyon, talking about the elite waves, any other impressive storylines that we got going on. Um, oh, I got a shout out real quick too. Maybe we'll talk more about it next week as well, but the Black Canyon Trail Coalition. Oh, yeah. um, they're the guys and gals that uh, have made the trail possible. They're continuing to build the trail northbound. Super exciting, lengthening the trail. Um, probably at some point incorporate that into um, into this event. So this race could be longer in the future, which is really exciting as well. 
Um, as we move to a two-day event, who knows, might move to a three-day event and include uh, a longer distance. If, if there's interest, I don't know. I'm just leaking info here. Comment away. Um, so yeah, definitely. And actually, I'm, I'll drop this right now. We are, we're working on a fundraising event with the Black Canyon Trail Coalition to raise money to help build the trail. We also need volunteers. So um, I think during the live stream, Boom. Actually, it's a great idea. We're going to be promoting the heck out of the Black Canyon Trail Coalition. We need donations. They need um, they need help. They need money, people. They need all of it. And they're going to be out at the Soap Creek Aid Station. They've been hosting the Soap Creek Aid Station since the start of this race. Um, huge supporters of the race. And we want to give back to them as much as possible. So um, that's my quick plug on that. Sweet. Cool. News to me. Uh, in terms of us promoting it, but uh, yeah, no, they've been stellar for years at this point. And without, without this race being what it is, they were already out there and they're going to continue to be out there uh, putting in the good work for the BCT. So I definitely recommend supporting them if you can, and you'll hear a lot from us uh, trying to do so for the, for the next couple of weeks and, and well beyond. Okay. Here's a, this is the money comment of the night right here. Tina, Samaritanin. This is Vasil's wife, I believe. Since I can't crew anymore, I'm looking at volunteering for the video coverage. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. This is like, this is kind of the workaround here, people. I'm not publicly saying that, but we do need, um, We our media team, our video team is going to be distributed across all of the course. If you're on the media video team, you cannot actually crew your runner. So it's not that sort of a loophole. Um, you are going to be volunteering for us, um, but you might have a chance to see someone you know, but you still cannot crew them. Um, confused based upon the info on the site, there are no aid station names, just time frames. So yes, still working on the plan. And I figured it would be better to just get, you know, basically people to commit to a six hour time block. Uh, and depending on, kind of your experience where you individually want to be, I'm going to fit you in somewhere. Uh, and depending on the cell phone coverage of the race site. So everyone, if you are interested, you know, throw your name down there. I'll be reaching out this week and, and plugging you in. So, yeah. Cause there's rem, remind me because yeah, you know, it's been a few years since we were running out there, or at least I was running out there, but most of the places you can get to off of the highway with just a normal vehicle, but there are some spots you will need either like high clearance or you probably have, you need like a four wheel drive situation. Is that correct? I mean, if the weather's good and the roads are dry, you can get almost anywhere in any sort of vehicle. I would say, yeah, if there's weather, you're going to need, you're going to need a a serious vehicle. Um, but there's ways to incorporate people for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. If you, you know, people can park somewhere and they can hike out a few miles to a section that we know there's some, some coverage, some cell coverage, and, you know, can at least just give us, you know, a little insight, even if it's just standing uh, on some hilltop somewhere out there that you can get some, some 4G and uh, give us a little, you know, we can watch the top 10 run by and we can just see it and, and then we can commentate on it. That's, Mm -hmm. that's really what we're looking for. Um, it's going to, this is going to be maybe the most grassroots live stream of a trail ultra in existence ever. Um, so we're excited for it. Um, 
you know, we're not sure, we're not sure what's going to happen. So we've got to set the bar low. Um, you will get me and Skylar in the studio talking about stuff for, you know, 12, how many hours do we say? 12 hours? I no, no, I, no, it's 10 hours. I think it's at least 10. It's around 10. I think where we'll have, we want to definitely commentate through the top three to five women. Um, I know Skylar has some plans that evening, but I might, you know, stick it out longer. And then we're planning to have like the finish line camera going all the way until 7 a.m., which will be our last finisher um, for all of you. Mm-hmm. Hey, 80 in the live chat makes this podcast great again. We're getting there. That's right. It is the biggest one we've had so far. Um, that's cool. Will the stream just follow the elites or the entire race? Um, great question. I think it will be a combination at the end of the day. We're going to, like I said, we were going to have, try and just get as many people out there on course as possible that can throw us footage. It might even be like, I'm literally at some point, if there's not good, um, covered somewhere, it's like, we're going to send someone out on a section of trail and they're going to shoot video and they're going to text it to us and we will play it on the screen. And then we will say, well, this was from this person at mile whatever, and this is the footage, and we're going to look at it um, if we don't have anything else good at that time. So, But at times, like we're going to have people at certain aid stations, and whoever's coming through will just show you that footage. Like We're, we're going to kind of, you know, beggars can't be choosers sometimes, you know? We're doing it live. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, um, I I, I should say I literally texted you yesterday. Like, should we have a production meeting to figure out what's happening with this live stream? So we're sort of having it right now, and you guys we are made, all watching it and listening to it. <laughs> I've been I've been dragging my feet a bit because I wasn't sure on the status yeah. of where we were going to hold the event. Um, but I've been I've been messaging people today. I've been getting some unexpected emails from people that are interested in signing up. So it's going to be great. Um, we had one question real quick about copper corridor. I would want to address that copper corridor, amazing new race we launched last year. Um, I think it's the hat that I always wear. That's probably gross, but, um, we're close to getting approval for that event at the end of February, hoping to have it February 27th. It goes in front of the town of superior, uh, town council on the 11th of February. Everything else I think is pretty much a green light. It's like a verbal green light with that approval. So we have the wait list open right now. If February 11th rolls around and they say yes, and everything else lines up, we should have that open the 12th and um, should be official on that one. It'll be our second edition out there. (laughs) Sweet. Uh, Brian's asking, Jamil, how's your Barkley Marathon's training going? Have you thought about how you'll organize yourself without a crew? Um, interesting. So training is going pretty good. Um, I wrote myself a training plan and I have goals and I'm about two weeks into that. And I, I kind of told if I, if I had less going on, um, right now, professionally and personally, I would, I would say I I would hit that, but just with the level of motivation I have right now, which is extremely high, um, I'm like, if I hit 80% of what I set out to do between now and the race, I think I'll be in really good shape. I'll be fitter than I've ever been going into the race by a magnitude of a couple times probably. So I'm just shooting for 80% of that at the end of the day. Um, 
So it's going well so far. So let, let me hop in yeah. uh, because you've been talking about, or you started off earlier for folks who uh, weren't, weren't here. Uh, you're talking about you're doing a lot of work on the treadmill. You're getting some gain in. Um, what is, I guess, how would you define your priorities in terms of training right now? Are you looking more at gain is the important part? Or are you talking about time on feet? Like how are you organizing your yeah. thoughts around your training plan at the moment? Yeah. So I'll just go into it a little bit. I mean, I basically, um, I looked at what John Kelly did in 2017 was kind of my, and that's the year he finished. That's crazy. The last finisher of the Barkley was 2017. It's four years. Uh, anyways, that's wild. It's a drought. That's a drought that needs to end anyways. Um, yeah. So he did a certain amount of miles and a certain amount of climbing and I was going to try and get close to that. I, I was behind cause I missed like the first two, two weeks of training in January. I basically did nothing. So I was like, Oh, I got to adjust it down a little bit in terms of the mileage, but I was going to try and climb more than he climbed. Um, it might end up being that I climb close to what he climbed, but I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to hit either number or be close, but I might be like 80% of what he did, which I think would be pretty good. Um, I think I've got, I've got more life, maybe more lifetime experience than he had then for sure. Um, especially knowing the Barkley course and just number of like, I mean, I don't know, maybe other ultras and stuff, but, um, I'm not trying to compare myself to John Kelly too much, but I think it's a good baseline. Like if I get, if I get a several hundred miles run and a couple hundred thousand feet of climbing before Barkley between January one and the race, I think I'll be in pretty good shape. Oh, in terms of what you were saying though. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not just only focused on vert. I have both vert and mileage goals every week. Cause I think, just focusing on climbing, you're going to lose out and you're going to miss out on a ton of fitness that you can gain by just doing volume of miles, even at flash faster, like more runnable paces. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like now and again, I'll throw in, like, I'll just run really hard on some sections of trail or runs I'm on. I don't plan my speed work in, but I am running faster at times. So, Thinking, comparing that with sort of what you threw up from training peaks, uh, we're all over the place with this line of questioning, obviously. Um, <laughs> but like, how are you visualizing it? Like, are you thinking, you know, I'm just trying to maintain this level of fatigue? Like, where, where are your red lines at, basically? How do you know that like you might have extended too far or like to what degree are you willing to push through that? I'm, I'm just breaking it down for me. I mean, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to just stay be a functional human day to day is like the main goal. So <laughs> dude, that's all of us in, in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. What are you talking about? But it's like, okay, when I have, I've got a kid home, he's got virtual school all day. I'm trying to work. And it's like, okay, I got to fit in some running between the hours of nine to sometimes one in the morning. You know, sometimes I got to get at least five hours of sleep so I can, stay somewhat functional. So that becomes a limiting factor at some point. Um, but it's also, I'm trying to do it in waves and I'm, I'm doing some training races. So like Saturday, Elephant Mountain 50 mile, 
so this week is, um, I'm hopefully just going to get, you know, four days of training on the treadmill, get several thousand feet of climbing every day, get a couple hours in like mm -hmm. a couple hours in that will end up being probably like, you know, maybe hopefully 10 miles with four or 5,000 feet of climb every day. Maybe Friday will be an easier chill day. And then Saturday run the 50 mile race and then try and get more miles in on Sunday. I mean, I want to try and get as close to a hundred miles this week. Black Canyon week, I'm already planning on it. That's kind of a down recovery week just because, I mean, Saturday race day for the live stream, I mean, maybe we might be able to switch off and I can go jog, get like a three-mile loop around the neighborhood possibly, or I might just have to take the day off. So, um, But right after that, I am flying to Tennessee uh, like Monday after Black Canyon, and I'm going to have five days at the park. So that's going to be my, my huge boot camp block where mm -hmm. I'm going to be from like park open to park close. I'm going to be out in frozen head, hopefully getting, you know, 25 to 30 miles and seven to 8,000 feet of climbing in every single day in whatever conditions are out there. Mm -hmm. And that, so I'll be like a huge five day block. Um, and then I'll probably, we'll just see how I feel after that. But yep. I probably have an opportunity to do, you know, like a couple more big weeks after that before I have to kind of start to think about tapering down. For sure. So it's a very condensed training block, but that's what I got. So can I derail this entire conversation? Oh, really yeah, we can go on to something else. And no, 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 no. It's, it's very related, but uh, – I have not told you I've been thinking about this at all, but I want to get your thoughts on it. So uh, thinking especially about the Barkley Bootcamp component and how you have vlogged this in the past and yeah. uh, or in previous years where you had gone out to train and obviously you vlogged a lot of your training for uh, a lot of these major races. There have been there. So. I've been listening to like a lot of different podcasts, listen to a lot of different folks in the running community talk about running content online. And so given what you just said about like how busy things are and like you're trying to be a functional human being and the fact that you have some very specific goals moving forward, how do you see the like run steep vertical, like that vlog playing into this, like, I don't think a lot of people understand the time that goes into making vlogs or really any content in the running space on online. So how, cause people are, I'm sure probably as I'm saying this are clamoring, like, when are we going to get a vlog about it? So, so like what goes into it and, and sort of how do you see filming playing into this? Cause I have some thoughts about the run flat side of the house, but I'm just going to yeah. like drop this out of nowhere onto you and just like get your impromptu thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I want to do it. I, I want to do it really badly and, and kind of open up that inside look for sure. Um, I want it to be, yeah, I think I've really been enjoying some of the running YouTube content out there for sure. And it's like, it can get you motivated and pumped up to see what people are doing. Um, I mean, I, I think it's coming. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I need to, I can't be the one I think that's, um, that's like film. I can't do the thing where I film and edit it all myself anymore. I mean that clearly it's not happening. It's not sustainable. So, um, that's what I got right now. 
Yeah, it's, no, like, no. <laughs> even like, I literally mean, gave I'll, you no setup for this. Yeah. like we haven't even texted about this. No. I just completely dropped that on you. Yeah, because like, okay, I'm when I'm on my treadmill, I like to watch. I like to throw, just do my YouTube watching now when I'm on my treadmill. Put my AirPods in and go on there, and I'll watch random stuff. I don't I actually don't watch a lot of running content because I'm that's like my whole life. So I try and watch non-running stuff, mm-hmm. but. I have, because of some of our, our conversations, I've been trying to tune into a lot of the track road groups or just track road athletes and what they're doing. Um, I've been watching Allie Ostrand, Ostrander. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch her YouTube channel at all, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's just cool to see, like, it's really raw and you get a sense of, you know, who these runners are. Um, some of the other ones, like the Tin Man Elite, you know, they're just goofing around having fun, but then they get a like a strong workout in, um, you know, you, sometimes I watch some of their edits and it's like my pace starts to like mimic what they're doing. And you kind of get into the, in a thing yep. into like the rhythm of it, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, there's some cool stuff out there and, uh, yeah, it'd be cool to produce and to put out some more stuff with some of this inside look. I mean, I'm attempting some crazy stuff this year with the slam of the damned part two. Um, you know, in the midst of everything going on, hopefully all the races happen, but definitely biting off a big chunk of things. And, uh, it'd be fun to share the journey and to have that, to look back on someday, um, live the glory days. So. Nice. No, I respect it. I, I bring this up. Um, and I, I put you on the spot and I apologize, but not really. Um, but no, I was literally having a conversation with, uh, Mr. Saxo beat Alex Sachs. I was, running with him on Sunday. And I was just, uh, you know, he obviously is a consumer of running content. Uh, he, the way that me and him know each other is we were both running mountains to beach marathon 2019. And he comes zooming past me and then turns is like, Hey, I know you, which is usually how most people yell at me while we're running. Um, and so we were, we were just chatting about like what we're doing here on the channel and, and things in the running space. And I've been sitting on footage for three, four, five, six weeks in terms of a run flat vlog. And I keep struggling with like what I want to do with that vertical. Um, and like, I, I hate, this is me personally. I hate the notion of like, I'm gonna set the camera down and I'm gonna run past it and I'm gonna run back and I'll pick it up. And I gotta like, then continue my running. Like, yeah. I'm an urban runner. Like I'm running on the street. Like if I leave my camera on the sidewalk, that, that might get run, <laughs> run away with and if not by yeah. me. So it's yeah. so like, so like there's just certain things that a lot of other people do that like, I, it's just not my style or like, it feels a little like weird for me to do or incongruent. Um, and like then you feel like, weird setting the camera down and running past it or ta- just talking into it or what? The talking part is, like if I'm in public, it just inherently feels weird because I'd like sure. to think I'm a slightly socially aware person if I'm running down the sidewalk in San Francisco, like, hey, here's me. And then like these people are like walking past me, like, what the hell is this dad doing? Like they, they, it's it. I it, Yeah, it feels weird. But um, but especially like the I'm going to set it somewhere, run past, run back. Like if I'm out for a run, like I'm out for a run and it just it breaks up the actual training or like the zoning out that I think a lot of us enjoy about the running space when yeah. I have to think about those elements. So like I'm struggling with that and like ha- like where I fit that in. 
And then also, I just don't think, and this might be me overthinking it, like, I don't think people want to see, like, six minutes of me just, like, lightly jogging around. Like, if I'm doing a track workout or something specific, then I think that's more, like, and I can walk through, like, why I'm doing a particular workout. Like, that might be more engaging. But just to be like, here's me on a scenic run. Like, I don't think, like, that's what my brand is. Like, I'm not in these scenic places that you are for hard rock or for, you know, Barkley training and whatnot. And so I keep struggling with what do people care about? What's you like, what is important to me? And and in that same way, like, what do I want to look back on and sort of reflect on and be like, yeah, like I enjoyed that workout. I enjoyed this part of my training process. And then like, what's novel? Um, because I don't want to just put stuff out for the sake of putting stuff out. Like I want it to be like, uh, a true expression of myself and be able to connect with the community in a way that they can engage back. Um, which it's, it's great that we have this podcast format now because there's people literally directly in the chat or people are DMing or commenting when they watch this back later. But like on a vlog, it's like, you know, like I, I that yeah, I, I, I am personally having this struggle with the run you. flat vlog and what that looks like. And like, I have personal goals for running, but then it's like, I, it's not that I don't want to share them. I'm just, I am having a difficulty like making the pivot to like, what about my personal running journey is useful for yeah. others to connect with. If that makes no, sense. Absolutely. I agree with that too. Cause I, I think I struggle with that, especially sometimes putting stuff out there where it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here's me running, doing something. I'm just trying to put something out there to get something out there. But it's like, how is this providing any sort of value for someone that wants to view this? What's their takeaway? How's this going to help them in their running? And sometimes mm-hmm. it can be helpful just by being like inspirational to see. Um, like it might just, the value could literally be I'm watching this and it's cinematic running something or someone's doing some really hard workout. And so I'm like learning what the workout is. Then I can see what the workout looks like. And then I'm like now motivated to strap on my shoes and get out the door. So like that that alone could be a a good value. I think that's a lot of, a lot of times you see, and some of it's storytelling too, you know, I think there is an an element where it could be just about you as the person putting it out there, you know, what's going on. Um, But yeah, I think I struggle with that too. Some people are really good at it and it has a time and place, like just self-filming. But I Mm -hmm. think, man, the production level goes up so much when someone else is filming you. Um, and, and when you are more authentic and off the cuff and just kind of being, being yourself in the moment, live kind of just living your life, doing things. And someone's just kind of documenting what you're doing, um, while you still kind of know you're talking to an audience, I guess. But Mm -hmm. to me, I think, yeah, like the ideal thing is you would, um, maybe you have a plan of like, okay, what's the purpose of this video? And then if you had someone to help film it that was maybe also editing that video would be like the ideal setup. And I think that's what you see a lot of successful, probably people on YouTube doing where um, even like Ali Ostrander, uh, you know, like what is the athlete special? I don't know his <laughs> real name. <laughs> like he's Brown. he's helping. And I don't want to say that he's doing her videos because she's clearly editing them herself and probably filming a lot, but she has someone else that's, and it might be him, Spencer filming or someone else. Like they clearly have some other people helping them film. Like when they're doing workouts and they're interacting with their teammates, it's just very natural and mm-hmm. what they would be doing anyways. And it's just someone capturing that. And I think that's what 
I think why people connect with it so well is it's so authentic and, yeah. and you kind of see what's going on there. And, and so I think that's kind of maybe the model. So it's a matter of like fi- figuring out how to pull that off, I guess, or yeah. Yeah. Which is not easy. Like I'm not even good at doing that. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. Like literally I was talking to, talking to Alex and I've talked to nasty Nate about this too. It's like, I feel like, I feel like such a pretentious asshole. If I'm like, Hey, <laughs> you're, we're going to run on this single track. Cause like, that's just the run that we're doing together. But can you film me on my camera doing that? Like we're having a friendly conversation. Like I'm running with folks because I enjoy their presence and I sure. hope they enjoy my presence. Like we're just chatting and like, but also I need you to get some f- footage for me. Like I feel like a dick asking that. And so, uh, you know, it it's, all, it all ties in. Ideally know? it's like you find, uh, you find like a running partner like one day a week where you can go on a run and you can each help film each other's videos or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know the ideal. I have no idea, but I mean, it's so I guess for, for those listening at home, it's not that I specifically, and I think I can speak for Jamilness, we're not trying to shirk, you know, the responsibility that we inherently feel, even though if it's not like explicit to like give you guys vlogs and content, it's, it's a process. It's difficult. Like, I don't know. There's a quality element. Like I think, especially for you at this point, like, I know how much you think about how well the production value has to be on anything you put out. And then for me, it's just like, I have one computer and a portable hard drive and it just takes like 10 hours to export anything. And so it's just like, you know, it's the backside or the back end work of it where it's just like, ah, like we want to make sure it's good. And like to put out something crappy, it's like, we clearly need a an ongoing production meeting every week now. It sounds like for this YouTube channel. <laughs> That's all this pot is. That's all this pot today is. It's, it's like now, how can we make yeah, this better? It's now turning into just our weekly meeting, and then you guys are all just here for it. So welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally the joke where you know the elevator doors closes, and then the person is just like, "The reason I've called you all here." That's literally what this podcast has been. So yeah, it's all G. Uh, building cool, in build, building in public, I think is what they call it. Something like there that. Um, do I, should we do some more questions? Um, They've probably been piling up. Unless you have some more like random off the cuff questions for me. We still haven't done news. So, oh, <laughs> so, man. so, so okay, we're all get, over the board today. Well, let's do a little bit of news and then let's get to the Q&A. Um, so right. the Q&A, if you're still here, which we have somehow maintained 74 of you watching, um, drop them in. We're going to get to them here before the end of the show. Yeah, I'm going to speed around this. This is just going to be straight up run flat news from from the world that is. Uh, so I'll try to break this up in some sort of logical uh, logical pattern. And I, I took notes that I can hopefully read this week. So um, let's talk indoors. All right. So we got, we got fast things happening on the track. Uh, the American Track League had their second professional race uh, this past weekend. We saw Bryce Hopple, uh, who won like 21 races in a row in 2019 before finally losing in the like world championship semis or something like that. He ran 144 37 in the 800 uh, as his debut for the season. So the men's 800 on the American side looking real solid. Uh, We had the Ben Blankenship mile. That's right. A professional runner sponsored a race at a meet um, to show some love to the women. Uh, So the women's mile, was won by uh, Heather McLean in 42734. So just good to see some nice 
like solid indoor times happening, even though there's no U.S. championships, there's no world championships. But a lot of people are chasing their Olympic dreams this year. Uh, and a lot of that's going to go down in February. So get excited for that. Uh, we've got on the uh, speaking of the Olympics, I guess we'll just talk about it. Australia came out with a, a news story that they're aiming to vaccinate all of their Olympic athletes before Tokyo. Uh, South Korea has already said they're going to do it. Israel's already halfway there. So this is going to be a very interesting bioethics com uh, conversation that happens the rest of the year, uh, or at least through the summer to figure out, is it proper to vaccinate all of your elite athletes uh, for this Olympic glory? Or what's that going to look like for countries that have disproportionate uh, vaccine rollouts? So tune in for that. I'm sure it'll be uh, very entertaining and uh quite quite a political spectacle uh we have uh the la marathon has been pushed back yet again until the fall uh so that's going to be on a new course that doesn't go through santa monica and it's got like a bunch of cool nuances to the new course but they had to push it back because california not about that life uh i just it, saw way too cool 50k was also postponed I really don't think there's going to be a lot of California racing until at least April at the way things yeah. are going. Yeah. So, so that makes perfect sense. Um, in Britain night of 10,000 PBs, it, it's a wild track event. If you've never seen footage of this, it's literally like a bunch of people running and the crowd is just through like lane three. Like they're just lined the entire track, like right there yelling in a, in a sound tunnel the entire time, which for 10,000 meters is 25 laps. Uh, that has been canceled for 2021, which in itself is kind of whack. But it normally or it was planning to serve as the essentially like de facto Olympic trials for the 10,000 for the British Olympic team. And so Britain is now scrambling to figure out how the hell they're going to qualify 10 K runners. So, uh, so thanks COVID that's, that's enjoyable. Um, turning our attention to the college route or the college world, uh, we had a cross country race. That's right. It's February and we're still dealing with cross country. Uh, for those who don't know the college indoor championships are going to happen like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the cross country championships are happening the following Monday. And that's all happening in about six weeks time from now. But a cross country race happened in Vegas. You had uh, Northern Arizona going against BYU, the first and second ranked teams on the men's side. Uh, BYU edged out NAU. Uh, NAU was paced out by Nico Young in his first ever college race loses to Connor Mance by, I think it's like two or three seconds. But literally if you have a college freshman who's about, who's behind a top three runner in all the NCAAs, uh, NAU is pretty stacked and Luis Grijalva didn't even run uh, in this particular race, but he's also run 13, 15 in the 5k just in December. Uh, NAU is stacked. So Arizona is about to have some shine, but BYU is not going to let them run away with it. Uh, on the women's side, BYU also won there. There was a bunch of teams at this meet. Uh, in addition to those two, you had like Air Force, you had Boise State, you had Washington. It's going to be really cool to see what happens. Uh, but the cross-country season for college is a mess because there aren't, there's no regionals. There's no regional system. Normally what happens is top two teams automatically go to nationals plus a bunch of at-large bids. This year, it looks just like college football. There's a selection committee. So if you win your conference meet, Great. That might be the only 
race you get all year before nationals. If you don't win that, you better hope that you race something else either last fall or in this like six week span between now uh, and mid March. So now that things are starting to shake out a lot of weird, are we going to run cross country? Are we going to prioritize cross country? Are we going to prioritize indoor? A lot of that's happening. So college racing about to be bat batty for, for the next couple of weeks. Get excited. If, if you like, competition and like seeing the next generation step up, especially in the Olympic year. Uh, turning to Division Two, that's right. We take the underdogs in. There was a kid, a Christian Noble. He ran uh, the Division Two national record in the 5K like two weeks ago. He ran 13.37. He then runs the 3K record uh, like last week. But the NCAA apparently may not ratify his not only will they not necessarily ratify his collegiate record they may not count his time to qualify for nationals because he had the pacing lights going on the inside of the track oh wow so apparently usatf cool world athletics cool but ncaa is like you cannot have any sort of pacing by technical standards in addition to you know lap runners helping you things like that so there's this whole debate whether or not they're going to give him the record and if he's going to be able to qualify for nationals or if he has to go run another one so the ncaa stays messing up just give the kid his damn record he clearly crushed <laughs> that record by a lot but oh, but he's one to watch because you know if he's running 1337 out of division two uh you know he's He's got some some bright uh, bright times ahead. Bright times ahead, um, and then on the ultra front, two things I want to bring for you to uh, to definitely touch on. First one, uh, Alex Nichols embrace the run flat, stay low life. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this? I run far article. He literally no. just he uh-uh. he basically put up an article that said, "Hey, people are neglecting." the running flat and running fast component of their training as they're preparing for all of these ultras and all these trail races. So kind of just like what you were saying about Barkley, uh, you know, trying to get in some flatter, faster miles. People aren't, people aren't doing it enough. So Alex Nichols, welcome to the run flat, stay low team. My guy, (laughs) appreciate it. (laughs) Hey, a couple days a week. I do a flat, like every Tuesday I've been doing a flat run except for today. But, uh, and then my treadmill, I mean, I'm, I mean, for me flat right now is like 6%. So I'll do like quite a bit of running at 6%, which I think is pretty flat. That's an overpass. I hope you know that. 6% is a normal street overpass. Is that steep? It's It's not not flat. flat. It's not flat. (laughs) Well, it's not because I end up accumulating like a couple thousand feet of climbing, I guess, in an hour or so. Yeah, which is a whole nother thing. But then I, you know, when I'm then hiking at 30%, it's, it's like, all relative. That's crazy. Yeah. No. Oh, and I'm just going to throw this out. This isn't news. This is just like me, personal plea. Um, if I run any run that has any sort of vertical gain, don't come on my Strava comments and say it's not flat. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 I still need to climb. My races are yes, not all please. on the track. So exactly. sorry. it goes both ways, right? Like everyone <laughs> should run some flatter, faster stuff. And also everyone should run some steeper climbing stuff. Like we all need to be well-rounded and versatile. That should be the goal. Exactly. And the last thing, and I, I'm assuming you saw this, but maybe I might be dropping some information on you. Have you seen the announcement that Spartan trail made around their world championship series? No. Okay. So within the last few days, 
uh, I think it start like they teased it a couple weeks ago, and then in the past couple of days they okay. did release some new information. So Spartan, as many people know them from the obstacle course racing world, has jumped into trail running and and the trail racing series. Twenty twenty was supposed to be their big splash year. Poor timing, guys. Sorry, but uh, they have a world championships where they've taken over ownership of a couple of different races and are standing up a few of their own and through the course of the series you can earn points to qualify for this world championships the world championships is going to be in uh february of next year so february 2022 in the andes uh and i wrote this down it's a race called again didn't take spanish don't this i'm a butcher this so i apologize uh aconiagua that's Sure. There you go. Damn, I wasn't even close. Okay, whatever. So that <laughs> dick. Okay, so so that's going to be the World Championships. So they have this whole series of races that are going to be occurring this year, um, including like Trans Gran Canaria, uh, Patagonia, Lavaredo, are all like in this series. But for the for the domestic folks here in America, the North Face Fifty no longer a thing. But the Golden Gate Trail Ultra uh, is, or the Golden Gate Trail Classic is going to be occurring in the fall of 2021 in like the greater San Francisco area. So it looks like Spartan is essentially reviving what was the North Face 50 and bringing it, uh, bringing it back into their greater race series. Um, it's going to have prize money for the top five. It's going to have points to qualify for that world championships. So uh, it's not going to be as prestigious in this series as, you know, Trans Grand Canaria and Patagonia, but it's going, it hopefully will be a chance for those folks who are looking for like a very poppy, like late fall, early winter race here in America uh, to get one in. So, uh, so if you liked that race back in the day, all of like two or three years ago, looks like some version of it's coming back under the Spartan umbrella. Uh, it's also going to have a shorter race series and all of these races are going to have a shorter race series. So there's like a, an ultra and then like a endurance run. So it's like, you know, hundred K and 42 K or something like that. So a lot more information should be coming on those. We'll start to see who invests in that series, uh, how much it's going to compete with ultra trail world tour and all of that, but uh, get excited. A lot of things coming down the pipeline from Spartan once in person racing, comes back in full force that's news dab on them go nice. for it sir all right we got some comments good we get to those please do sweet uh jam jam how do you handle the barkley pressure and thin margin for air both in preparation and race day execution uh i mean i don't know i don't i don't have time to think about pressure i don't really feel pressure uh yeah i don't know yeah, the margin for error, there's you definitely don't want to mess up on race weekend. Uh, you absolutely want to make sure you nail your books and your navigation. And I probably just need to sleep a lot before the race. So sleep deprivation is not a factor. Uh, experience allows to accept for it what it is. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into at this point. Oh, here we go. This is something that you texted me about. Bill Hart Davidson, Gary Robbins stepped up his training this week with the eggnog mile. Yeah, we got, we got to touch on it. Uh, it was, that was in the Q and a multiple people hit me up about this on Instagram. Did you watch the video? No, 
Okay. I will so, probably watch it tonight on my treadmill. Absolutely. So for those who are unfamiliar, Gary Robbins, uh, I'll say tangentially friend of the pod because he's a friend of Jamil's. Uh, he he took on the Nog Jog, which was normal beer mile rules, 12 ounces or I guess 355 milliliters because Canada metric uh, of vegan eggnog, which by his own admission, not as thick and fatty as normal eggnog, but still thick, still creamy, still will wreck your stomach. And that's exactly how that went down because his first, his first glass or cup was uh, chugged in under eight seconds. He started cranking. He ran like a 115 first lap or something like that. And he actually held it down pretty well. Uh, no pun intended. I think he ran like seven flat or like just over uh, for four 12 ounce cups of vegan eggnog. 1.42 liters total uh and you know the i think actual running time was like 5:35 or just over uh which is a lot for that much fluid and that much nastiness uh and i love vegan eggnog but that's we've done some weird challenges and that that's not easy so uh and then he proceeded to vomit on the infield of this track like within the first 30 seconds of finishing. It was awesome. Uh, I will say I, so if you have not seen it, it's linked on his, uh, his Instagram, or if you just go to Gary Robbins, YouTube channel should be like the last video he put up. I will say though, he could have shaved some time. He, he had a table set up and he had pre poured all the cups. That's fine. Whatever. I'm not going to take qualm with that. However, he did not use the relay zone. So under normal beer mile rules, you have 10 meters right. to grab, drink while you're walking through that 10 meter zone and then like be done with it. He just stood at the table. Like his table was set up at the, like the middle of a turn. Like the steeplechase barrier was in the background <laughs> right behind him. So like I don't I don't know what he was thinking with his setup on the track, but he basically he he gave up time by just like standing there and chugging right next to the table versus using a true relay zone. Well that so reminds me of like our holiday system. treat whatever we did. Weren't we on like the turn of a track or is it? We were, but we were also like <laughs> we eating cookies. And we stuff. weren't doing like, like the eggnog. If we were doing the eggnog mile, we would do it like beer mile rules for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, I mean, we definitely had eggnog involved in the holiday challenge, but there was cookies. Was there a cake? Like, I don't remember. They all blend together. At yeah, this point. We, we had a lot of a weird lot. stuff and we had a security guard that we were trying to dodge and daylight. So we had a lot. We had a lot going against us. He was highly successful at this this nog jog. So shout out to Gary. We'll probably come for that record next year. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, let's see. Skylar go up Diablo. Really good views up there. Maybe not so flat. Um, definitely not flat. Cause it's like 3,200 feet of climbing. Um, but yeah, the views are great. I love Diablo. Go uh, at least once a year. Someone, we didn't get to this earlier. We were talking about our, their YouTube values and plan and stuff value can also just seeing you be real so failed workouts or easy runs that are miserable can be inspiring got a lot of those right now um jem rooney shout out. he says nick barre has his own film crew to film and edit most of his videos this is true uh that's because he also runs an entire supplements company but that was a like youtube 
running news thing this past weekend. Him and Hunter McIntyre were going for sub three hour marathons, and I believe both got it. I know Hunter really? definitely did. I haven't seen Nick put out. A was video that just yet on their that. on their own or at a race? I think it was at a race. Um, Nick had had a whole training series of like, I'm training for a sub three marathon. Like, here's me like balancing triathlon training and specific marathon training, which I will say for the record, Ironman has a marathon in it. So training for a sub three marathon is training for Ironman. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it that, that you are still training for the triathlon, but I appreciate your focus on running. So kudos for breaking three hours. Uh, but yeah, I believe that they both went after it and they both knocked it down this past weekend. We got drinking game, a shot every time jam jam yawns. You'd be drunk right now. Good, good on you. Hopefully, you're yeah. playing out there. Oh, wait until we do the live stream because uh, you're about to be trashed. Yeah, we're gonna be the live stream is gonna be sponsored by Rain Energy, so get ready for it. And probably like post, what is it, Postmates, Starbucks, or something? Who knows? Uh, they did a video a couple years ago where they went goo and tasted a bunch of made up flavors. That was us, right? We did do. Yeah. We did do a thing like that. Um, Carol <laughs> just says, it's relaxing to listen to you guys talk. Ah, oh, that's that what the pod's cool. for. Yeah. Stay low flat news. <laughs> yes. That's what we just did. Um, let's see. Not a question, but I got into CCC this year. I just hope I can get vaccinated before August. What are the, cha- what are the chances? You think, uh, think most Americans will have a shot at getting that shot, get that COVID passport. I got I to be very delicate you about how I say, say this. No, no, no. I, okay, I'll put it this way. Um, the preliminary data from Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca are great. Uh, the Johnson Johnson specifically being one shot makes life a hell of a lot easier in terms of vaccine administration. Uh, but there are a host of efforts being made. I don't know exactly where this person lives, uh, but there are a host of efforts being made nationally here in America uh, to both increase the amount of vaccine allocation and the speed at which that's being administered and how smoothly that goes, especially for folks uh, who are not tech literate to be able to find appointments when it is their time to get vaccinated. So uh, we're, we're working on it. I, I know that my folks in, in other areas of the country are working on it. And that's our hope is to get folks through this as quickly as possible uh, and back to whatever normal life tends to look like. So we're trying and make sure you sign up for your local county and or state's notification system so that once your phase uh, comes up, you know exactly where you can get vaccinated, when to get vaccinated, and how to ensure those around you can also get vaccinated. Uh, Dan Watson, love hearing all this running news. That was back when you were talking about all that uh, the track news. That's what I'm here for. Uh, Charlie Seymour, do you guys ever watch Total Running Productions videos? Is that the one where they, like, pick a topic and it's just like a narration voice and they just put a bunch of like footage over, they just talk over footage and they get a lot of views. Yeah. The one where it looks like an AI just made it. Yeah. They just like take, (laughs) they just take footage. Like it's just a, it's a commentary video, but basically I guess they just kind of assume they have permission to take it and just take it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched one video and was like, I, yeah. I'm out. It's not but. for me, but I, it clearly is popular. They get multitude of views more than we do. So I'm sure it's serves Convenience. purpose. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
Nick created a race for the sub three attempt is what he says. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And it says Nick ran a 256. He had a bunch of races canceled, ended up putting on his own race. Uh, Stacy really enjoyed listening to the conversation tonight. Thanks for catching us up on the running news. A nice slice of normalcy in a very non-normal time. And this is from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 858. Who's been very active in the chat tonight. Uh, someone just called them random runner skizzle. How worried are you about the new variants and vaccines not being effective against them? If you can elaborate, if not, we can move on. No, that's uh, we're here. Let's go for it. Um, all right. So all viruses mutate over time. Like this is just how virology works. Most mutations are inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Uh, we recognize that, you know, the UK variant and the South Africa variant, uh, or I should say the variant first identified in the UK and the variant first identified in South Africa, uh, they are more communicable. So from a, just from, from a general public health standpoint, uh, if we don't take the necessary precautions that we've been saying all along in terms of masking, wash your hands, social distance, uh, then more people are just going to catch the virus. That's just, it's mutated to that point where, uh, it is just more communicable. That being said, if we take those basic precautions and continue to stay diligent about those and we get through the vaccinations as quickly as we can uh, as folks come up in, in, in line, then I'm not terribly worried about it. From an efficacy of the vaccine standpoint, Eve, listen, in the most great uh, like delights of the world, the fact that the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are 94% efficacious, even if that drops down to 90, 88, 86% efficacious, that's still wildly good. Um, and the efficacy of vaccines is specific to any sort of illness. So it's not just like, oh, it's 96 or it's 94% effective against you dying. It's 94% effective against you getting ill, full stop from, from COVID. So, you know, we're seeing basically 100% efficacy if you want to measure it as severe outcomes, hospitalizations, and deaths. So the new variants, while the more people who get them leave them at risk of getting uh, to having negative outcomes, uh, the, in terms of the vaccine component, uh, the data that we have currently shows that if you get that vaccine, you're going to be pretty well protected from uh, from those vac from those strains causing severe outcomes, and you're uh, very much set up for success for those vaccines not necessarily uh, putting you in the hospital or at risk of dying. So again, if you have the opportunity to get the vaccine, regardless of which one it is, uh, assuming it is FDA approved here in the United States, make sure you go forth and get that um, as soon as you have the opportunity to do so. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, any last questions? I think we're kind of getting to the wind down part of the show, possibly. Uh, there were got two, some more stuff. Yeah, there were two on Instagram that I wanted to throw your way. Yeah. Uh, one of these, they sent it, and I don't think you're going to have an answer to it, but I, I'm going to ask you anyway because we give the people what they want. Uh, do you have a go-to Super Bowl snack? Oh, man. The Super Bowl's also this weekend, just in I case like you didn't know. When is that? <laughs> uh, man, okay. What If I were watching the Super Bowl this weekend 
instead of driving around the Black Canyon course and flying my drone around as practice, uh, I would probably have like vegan mozzarella sticks or maybe like buffalo cauliflower wings. That would be my choices right there. I respect that. That's yeah. that's actually more on the nose than I thought you were going to go for. Uh, I mean, I've been to Super Bowl parties in my day, okay? <laughs> Do you know sports ball? Is that a thing? Uh, I know for me personally, uh, I am a, I'm a wings guy. I'm a nachos guy, especially if there's chili involved. Like that's mm. sort of my growth. Like I need protein, uh, especially because that's a grind. Like the game is so long. I need some proteins in the system to offset all the great beers that I'm going to be having. So, uh, which we didn't shout out. By the way, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I had a um, the spike a spike spiked snow melt. This is the uh, hard seltzer from Upslope that has some scratch labs in it, and this is peach lemonade. So good pre run. What about you? Run track. I respect that. I have the uh, what does mine say? Sweet uh, from Oakland United, which is a dude. Where's my car reference? They also have one that says dude on the side and it nice. is a different oh, dude sweet sweet dude yeah. got it got exactly. it got it <laughs> um so shout out and then the last question we got on instagram i want to bring your way uh, and you can go into this to the degree that we have time for uh what are the pros and cons of hiring a coach uh i wanted to bring this one your way because i know you've had a coach historically and mm. we've talked a few a little bit in previous weeks uh about the decision that you made to not have a coach during this training cycle specifically, but in your experience, what are some of the pros and cons of hiring a coach and, you know, maybe even some quick tips on what folks should be looking for uh, to manage that relationship. Yeah, for sure. I mean, pros, I think it can, it's someone that can help keep you accountable. It's someone that can just give you a guide and a plan to get to a goal that may be something you've never trained for before or trying to hit a new level. It's someone that has, I mean, hopefully training experience and can give you advice on whether they've done it themselves or they've worked with other other athletes that have hit the goal or reached towards the goals that you're reaching towards. So I think those can be big pluses. Um, The the cons, maybe it can sometimes feel restrictive, um, like, running, maybe it's times if you're not in the right headspace, running can become a chore and the workouts and all, it can be maybe more, add more stress. Um, I think it just depends on where you're at and what your goals are. Sometimes I think it's good and freeing to run as you feel or whatever you want when you want. Um, and I know for me, sometimes I've thought getting a coach would make me motivated to want to run because a, I'm paying them sometimes a lot of money B, I have it on my schedule, so it means I have to do it, but then life gets in the way sometimes and I blow off my workouts anyways and it actually didn't provide me motivation. And then I not only am spending money on this, but I'm then kind of feeling um, weird emotions, like I'm feeling guilty, like I'm not respecting them or I don't know. It can just kind of, maybe those are some pros and cons to think about just depending on where you're at, what your goals are, what you got. Yeah. um, As somebody who has never had a coach outside of a high school, college relationship, um, coaches are definitely good at the accountability part, as you spoke about. Um, Also realizing when you're doing too damn much. Uh, I think it's 
easy to get locked into. Here's my training plan. Here's my goal race. I need to do whatever I can to be ready for that goal race. And sometimes it's good to have a coach who just like pumps the brakes and is like, Oh, like here are the signs of overtraining or like, you know, what are the other stressors going on in your life? And like, let's talk through those to make sure that, you know, we recognize that all stress on your body emotionally or physically is going to wear you down. So like, let's make sure that that's properly balanced. So very important to have, an open relationship with that coach to be able to talk through those sorts of things as well. Uh, it's one of the things that I, you know, as a high school coach is very difficult because as adolescents are trying to understand and learn their feelings and, and how to express them. So I have to think through like the academic side, the home life side, the running side, PE, and like trying to get students to tell me all the things that are going on to help set them up for success and longevity in the sport. So, so those are the sorts of things that think about, um, but you know, make sure that running is still fun. Uh, unless you are actively in the process of trying to get paid for running, you know, make sure you are enjoying the process. Don't just give money to someone to force you to do something like keep the, keep the fire alive. Uh, if you can do that, then that's more important for you to be able to be in the sport for decades instead of, burning out really quick in five or six years, jacking up parts of your body, your mental and emotional health. Uh, and then who knows what from there. For sure. Cool. I think with that, we should wrap it down, wrap it up, wrap it down, wind it down, wind it up. Uh, <laughs> do you have any more Instagram questions or was that it for today? Um, I have one question from yeah. the other side of this wall, which is when am I going to run my next hundred miler, which is to say, when am I ever going to complete a hundred miler? Because that did not work it across the years, 2018, uh, or is that 2019? It all blends together. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, I don't know, but that might be forthcoming. So Jamil, let's, let's chat about which hundred okay. miler makes the most sense for me to come out and do. Perfect. And, Cause you know, uh, I'll be there crewing and, crewing and pacing. So and who knows, maybe I'll end up pacing 100 miles of Coca-Dona at the rate that we're going. So <laughs> let's get weird, sir. Let's All get right. weird. Sounds good. All right. Well, All thank right. you guys for, for watching. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. If you're watching this or listening to it later, make sure you show us some love by telling a friend to, to check us out. Hit us in the comments. We check them. We'll get to it next week. Uh, next week is going to be jam-packed with the Black Canyon 100K preview. Uh, but we're going to touch on some other things. So let us know what you guys uh, want us to cover things that you're looking for from this channel and this pod writ large and join us next week, Tuesday, get in the chat. Let's get weird. That's it. I'm out. I've been your boy skizzle fresh jam jam. Wrap it up. And we got a comment. Destroy the like button. 60 people watching, watching only 10 likes. Let's go. That's all I got for you. Thanks for tuning in everyone. We'll see you next week. Uh, have a good one. Get some, long, get some long runs in. Bye. Adios.